Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the China Shop. Come on inside. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing pretty good. Sounds like you got your groove back. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I took my Adderall today and everything. <laughs> Take it. You're mm-hmm. feeling better? Oh, well, you know, feeling like, yeah. Yeah. Feeling better. You sound like you're feeling chemically good yes that's what i was gonna say <laughs> feeling Feel nyquil better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. you gotta mi- mix your uppers and your downers and you feel amazing you gotta, you gotta get them keep it level you know i'm a strict drug and alcohol regimen to keep the mind limber yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the hell was that from <laughs> big lebowski oh that's right yes anyway all <laughs> right you. folks we got a bunch of great news stories we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get to today but first i'll just take a quick second and tell you Sue Pullen is an amazing, amazing mortgage lender with Fairway MC Mortgages, Equal Housing <laughs> Opportunity. Kind of ran out of steam there. Oof, didn't you? Yeah. Shit. What are we talking about? Uh, roll the song. We're just trading <laughs> information. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, shall, shall I lead off then? Um, uh, I can lead off. I got to go. Well, okay, okay, should we okay. talk about CPI first? Oh, yeah. CPI came out uh, this morning. It's coming out. Yes. It's not out as of this recording time, but uh, by the time we release it, it will have been out. Is there anything we're talking about then? Yes. Uh, CPI numbers were either good or bad. And we'll analyze after. We'll analyze <laughs> next week. <laughs> no. All right. Yeah. Enough said. Okay. Well, screw that. Let's talk about railroads. Oh, yes. Yes. Monopoly. I like to get all four. No, not quite that. (laughs) So, uh, looks like there's a big um, labor snafu going on with the railroad unions right now. Uh, Two of the 12 are holding out on deals and it's threatening to shut down services. Oh, wow. And it's to the point where they're actually... um, cutting certain services to make sure they're not like transporting sensitive materials or anything like hazardous wastes uh, if the outage does happen or if there is a strike. Oh, so like they don't want hazardous materials to get caught like just sitting in a railroad car out in the middle of nowhere? Exactly. Yeah. You know, transferring like spent nuclear waste from Three Mile Island if it's still around. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, strike happens at midnight on the 17th and everyone just steps off the train and leaves. Probably wouldn't happen with nuclear material, but I mean, flammable shit. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or even inflammable. I didn't realize how many people work for railroads throughout the country. These 
two of these, these there's 12 total unions that they mentioned in this story. These two represent over 90,000 workers. Remember when I had you turn off the uh, recording or delay the recording so I could look something up? Like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like five minutes ago. Like literally <laughs> five minutes ago. The stamp, timestamp says five. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Then like it was five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'll refresh your memory. <laughs> I was trying to find out how many people had railroad jobs in the U.S. Uh, first thing that pops up on Microsoft uh, search engine is 77,700 in 2019. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Whoa. Um, Whoa. Okay. 77,700, but yet these two represent 90,000. Something doesn't quite add up. Well, I'll keep digging down. Okay. There's another one that says there's up to like uh, 135,000. Another one showing 150. There's a lot. We'll just say that. So, like, are they talking then, are some of these employees, like, railroad adjacent? Like, oh, I don't work for Union Pacific, but I work for the station out of Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, that, that could be what it is. It could be, like, the, the support staffs that, like, work in the unloading docks. Like, they may not technically be considered right. rail workers by whoever did this study. Okay. Okay. But the bottom line is it's a lot is really what the point I was trying to make. No. Okay. <laughs> and the a nationwide shutdown is estimated to cost up to like 2 billion a day, according to the, uh, well, this is from the association of American railroads. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Oh, this is from the unions that are striking. Yes. Well, the companies, oh, okay. <laughs> is it the unions? I don't think it's the actual union. No, uh -huh. no, it's probably a union. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so right. there, I guess the next question is going to be because there's a you know we got midterms coming up. Like we've already yep. had supply chain crises. Like do this rail stoppage, if it does happen, when it is looking like it is possible, is also going to happen right in the middle of the harvest for all oh. the farmers. Oh yeah. So there could be a lot of crops that can't get to you know where they're supposed to go. I mean, I guess if that was the case, then Congress is likely to step in. They do have the power to delay delay uh, any strikes. Uh, I'm trying to see what the actual rule is here. Yeah, you got to think of like the the railroads are like national security issues. I would call it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they they can actually say no, no union. You're going to delay your strike until we deem it's safe. Okay, the, yeah, the, the invoke the power to block or delay strikes. So, yeah, they have the power to either stop it completely or say, hey, you guys well, need to wait like a month. I mean, what's the enforcement there? Because I thought a strike was everybody just agreeing, like, we're not going to work. Oh, but Congress said we had to. Okay. I mean, that's probably legal action if you... Well, if we arrest all the striking workers, that doesn't help. Not really. <laughs> they still end up, oh, well, they're all in jail. They should have gone on strike. That'll fix it. Yeah, lock them up. Has that ever happened before? I don't know. I'm pretty sure what usually traditionally happened was people showed up with clubs and beat the shit out of them. Call them strike breakers. Let's see. In 91, there was, I think this is from 1991. It looks like an article, uh, Congress approving a joint resolution to halt a strike 24 hours after it began. Uh, a railroad strike? Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll be uh, I'll be looking around for that for sure. I do want to know the answer to your question. How do they stop you? I'd have to look that up. Anyway, <laughs> we're not enough time for that. <laughs> Moving on. Kyle, remember, you know how we, we constantly come across 
stories and articles and and books that have to do with uh, banks fucking people over? Uh, that happens quite frequently. Quite frequently. Well, it's happened again. No. Uh, no. Yeah, I know. I know. You don't. You're incredulous. You just don't <laughs> believe me. Uh, Wells Fargo has been ordered to pay 145 million dollars in a settlement over employee retirement funds, and they're uh, they're going to actually put 131.8 million of it directly into employees 401k funds as part of the settlement. How many people's? Uh, I don't have a list. Uh, uh, I don't have a number of employees. <laughs> they didn't give you a list of all the people getting payments. They didn't give me a list of the fuck over. <laughs> but I don't have the number in here in the article. But what uh, they had, you know, their employees' four hundred one k plan was being administered by a company called Great Bank Trust Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were using the retirement funds to continually overpay for the Wells Fargo stock on behalf of workers. Oh, those fuckers. So from 20, 2013 to 2018, Great, Great Bank was buying uh, Wells Fargo preferred stock for uh, about $1,033 to $1,090 per share and then mm-hmm. putting 1000 of it into the employee's plan. Hmm. So they were they were skimming. Yeah, it was like a Superman per- thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, huh. And then get this. The cherry on top. Department of Labor also accused Wells Fargo of not putting enough of the um, enough money into the four hundred one k funds as part of their uh, promise to match workers' retirement contributions. Oh, really? What they were doing is instead, when the company paid their quarterly dividends, like they would for any shareholder, they 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 told the employees that was the matching. Oh. <laughs> Wow. That was was them matching the funds. Was there the dividends that they were paying all shareholders? Now, uh, Wells Fargo said they did not do that. Of course they said that. That's just the Department of Labor. But they did settle because they didn't want to drag it out and they want to, you know, they want to move on. But they admitted no wrongdoing. (laughs) So if. It says at the very bottom that the bank employs 13,000 central Iowa workers. Is it only the people in Iowa this is affecting? No, uh, this was just the only story about this that wasn't behind a paywall came from the Des Moines Register. Oh, okay, I see, I see. So it's written with the Des Moines Reader, the savvy Des Moines Reader in mind. If you're in Des Moines, (laughs) Iowa, I recommend the Des Moines Register for all your news needs. Two Bulls and Shadow Shop does not endorse, recommend, or... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. So anyway, you know, yeah, bank's going to be banking. Ah, man, that's, a, that's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Do you like your job? Do you like this company? Go on, invest in this company with your 401k. We'll go ahead. We'll match it. We'll treat you just like our customers. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got for us, Kyle? Uh, this is just a quick one because I don't have too many details, but it looks like the Peloton uh, co-founders, John Foley and Hiso Kushi, are stepping down from their roles at the fitness company. Uh-oh. So the executive chair is Foley. He formerly held the chief executive role, but his resignation is effective as of today, and Kushi is the chief legal officer. His resignation is effective on the 3rd. The board has already appointed somebody named Karen Boone to be the chairperson of the board. And Tam- Tammy Albaran is replacing Kushi as the chief legal officer and corporate secretary. Ooh, wait, so this, this, wasn't, this wasn't the CEO. This was actually the, the board? It sounds like it's the chair. 
which oh kind of makes God. sense. These are the founding members. They probably held board seats based on their share holdings. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Um, yeah, because there's speculation, too, that because of them stepping down, there's uh, speculation that they're going to be unloading a lot of their shares, which as co-founders, they're going to hold some pretty large blocks. Yeah, it's a shame. Shame they weren't unloading a year ago. <laughs> Maybe they were. But uh, there's no details in here about these two replacements. Um, I know we did get someone who volunteered to answer any questions that we had about Peloton. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, Team Mandalore, if you guys can get us a report on Karen Boone and Tammy Albaran, uh, I would appreciate that. Yeah, we'd like to know. <laughs> like to know who these what, people are and, uh, what are they, and what's their track record. What's their plan for the future? Yes, that too. Is Peton going to be a buy after this? <laughs> Looking at their <laughs> stock chart, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready to buy Peton. That was reacting pretty good in after hours. Looked like it was up seven percent. Maybe. Anyway. Yep. Always. That's all I got. Oh, always fun when the founders jump ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially when they're down like ninety percent. Yeah. For the past year, their stock yep. price. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I got a fun story to, to end on. It's a first. This, this has never oh, happened before. Oh, I know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There was a Coinbase employee that is now mired in the controversy of being part of the first insider trading case for cryptocurrency. That is just another step to legitimacy, my friend. Yes, that's right. <laughs> You're not legitimate until you got insider trading. Yep. Welcome to the club, guys. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Let's hold that crypto party. <laughs> right. Mark it on your calendars. Finally happened. <laughs> there was a, uh, a Coinbase global product manager that uh, actually pled guilty on, uh, on Monday, the 12th mm -hmm. of September to wire fraud conspiracy charges. This guy, Nikhil Wahi, admitted during uh, his court proceedings that uh, he made trades based on confidential Coinbase information. Mm -hmm. So I guess I guess his brother was the the sorry I, I misspoke at the beginning. His brother was the product manager at Coinbase. Okay, and was was leaking the information to him and his friend about which new coins Coinbase was going to let users trade. Oh, yeah, that'd be huge. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he would tell them ahead of time, they'd go out with their Ethereum hot wallets and scoop it up from whatever exchanges they were currently on. Mm -hmm. And then once once it hit Coinbase, they would, you know, sell on that rip. Yeah. Wonder how long they've been doing this. Let's see. Looks like they they did it 14 times between June 2021 and April 2022. That's surprisingly only like how long has Coinbase been around, I guess? Oh, well, that I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I mean, it just um, recently debuted uh, as a public company within the last year or so. Well, but they weren't doing Coinbase shares. They were, you know, they were doing shares of Coinbase. No, I there. just wonder if, uh, cause it makes me wonder if anyone's doing that or checking into Robinhood. Because didn't Dr. Hans talk something about this? Like getting a coin that gets listed on Robinhood and then like that, that boost. He was talking about Dogecoin at the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't think for a second this is the first case of it happening. This is the first case of somebody getting caught. <laughs> I just wonder how many more. Now, the product manager is pleading not guilty. It's his brother that pled guilty. So, 
Yeah, I would say like, well, what? It, how can I insider trade if it's not a commodity or whatever they're defining it as? And you just <laughs> go throw that back at them. Yeah, <laughs> you don't even know what it is. Can insider trade it? Exactly. Well, we'll we'll see how it plays out. They made about a million and a half dollars in gains in in just under a year. Ah, uh, see, I kind of want to. I kind of want them to get away with it. <laughs> I want the little guy to do it, not some politician. And and but get this, they the only way they found out Coinbase did an internal investigation into the trading, oh. and uh, and then gave it to prosecutors. So it's another case of they were too successful. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Right? You gotta have some. You gotta have some whiffs in there. Coinbase is like, wow, these guys uh, seem to get a lot of the coins we're about to offer, and then make a bunch of money on. So now, can the brother claim that he didn't know where the information was coming from? <laughs> well, that's just it. Does the brother brother pled guilty already? Ah, uh, that's so stupid of him. Who who's his lawyer? I didn't know where where my brother was working. Yeah. I don't know. He just said that this looked like a good investment. I didn't ask anything else about it. Whenever my brother tells me to dump my life savings into something, I just do it. God damn it. Because he's usually right. <laughs> very close family. <laughs> but you think if you're sitting on a million and a half dollars in gains, you'd be able to afford a good lawyer to tell you to shut the fuck up. For all we know, the lawyer was like, no, no, roll over on your brother. This is the best you're going to do. Oh, yeah, that's quite possible. <laughs> I guess they weren't that close. <laughs> Oh, and on that note, going to close up shop for the day. Before we go, Dan, I have one quick question for you. Okay. What would it take for you to roll over on me? Like, sexually? No, 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 no. I mean, if somebody came and said, like, hey, here's half a million dollars, you just got to cut Kyle out. Uh, I mean, I get what's the scenario? Are, are you breaking the law and I know about it? Are we breaking the law together? Well, um, whichever, whichever, what do you need to justify it? Somebody's trying to pay me to leave the company and join them? Or so, yeah, somebody they want you to screw me over to get your talents. Okay, leave you in the lurch to get my talents. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, did somebody make an offer? Yeah, let's say it was uh, six figures. Sold. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll still talk, right? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it might take me a while to get over that I'll one. <laughs> Also come over to your house for Thanksgiving sometimes, right? <laughs> right. It'd just be really awkward. <laughs> well, I'll bring, I'll, I'll, I'll bring some money to blow my nose with. What's the price of our friendship? I already saw the check you wrote valuing mine. <laughs> oh, that's right. I always forget about that. That was a good joke. Yeah, just keeps, keeps on giving. <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah. Oh. All right, folks. Thanks for sticking around. <laughs> we'll be back at you soon uh, with God knows what. Probably another interview episode or another news episode or another weekend episode. I don't know. We'll be back at you with future episodes, so stay tuned. It'll be uh, quick. It'll be quick. Until then, happy trades. Bye. Good luck with CPI. <laughs> oh, God. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. 
They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.